0: The Michael Duke show. I have two guns, one for each of you. B- b- Firearms Friday.
1: As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say
0: hello to my dear friend.
2: I say that the Second Amendment is in order of importance the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all.
1: Even bear arms shall not be infringed, not be infringed. Firearms.
2: From my cold, dead hands.
3: Friday. That's my right, oh my gun,
0: this is for fighting, this for fun. Firearms
3: Friday. Firearms Friday, your chance to sound off on issues of a Second Amendment nature. Right here on the Michael Duke Show. Good morning and welcome to the program. Our one of the uh, big radio broadcasts this morning as we get things ready to uh, rock and roll. Got a good show lined up for you today. Uh, happy to talk about, uh, you know, one of our favorite topics. One I think is one of the most important topics when it comes to uh, freedom and freedom. Uh, All that good, all that good jazz. Uh, Of course, the Second Amendment and gun, gun, uh, the gun culture here in the United States. It is. um, It's Friday. It's like my. It's my like my weekly therapy session where we get a chance to sit down and talk about these issues and more. Good morning, and welcome to the program. Uh, We are, of course, broadcasting live. Uh, Across the state of Alaska On this, your favorite radio station And or FM translator And our website at michaeldukeshow.com Has links to not only the audio-only live stream But to the podcast Which is available wherever you find good podcasts Including uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google, CastBox, Stitcher, and Spotify And the links to our social media sites Where we simulcast the show every day uh, uh monday through friday so it's a uh, good we're ready to we're ready to get into it and uh jump on board okay um so what's uh, what's on the agenda for today well uh in hour one i've got a bunch of headlines to go over and things to discuss um including the latest from um I think his name is Brian Campbell, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Brian Tannehill, I'm sorry. Um, uh, he writes for uh, a Substack called Hand Waving Freak Outery, which uh, has always had some great, great mathematically consistent, um, statistically accurate articles about gun control. So we're going to discuss his latest piece, which just came out. Um, uh, I guess uh, earlier this week, Tuesday, uh, talking about that the war on guns is lost and, and why, and it's going to, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what, uh, uh, no, his name is Brian. Bryn Tannehill is the one that wrote the article for the, uh, new Republic. Um, his name is Brian, Brian Campbell. Anyway, <clears throat> I'll have links to what we're talking about this morning in the chat room If you want to come over there and take a look at it, you could do that But lots of headlines, uh, phone lines as well, uh, discussions Phone lines are open uh, right now If uh, uh, if you want to call in any time in hour one, uh, you're feel free to do so We want to say thank you to our friends over there at Satellite West For being part... Of the uh, being part of the program and helping to provide support each and every day. Uh, number is 907 433 3150. If you want to come on board and talk with us, if you want to find out more about Satellite West, all you got to do is go to satellitewest.com and you'll find a full list of uh, local dealers <clears throat> and uh, and all the equipment and tools and everything else you need to stay connected in the state of Alaska. Uh, that's uh, Satellite West. Thank them for uh, for sponsoring the program as well. In hour two of the broadcast today, it's going to be Chris Cheng, Top Shot Champion, Season Four. He'll be coming on board, and we'll be chit chatting with him about the latest and greatest stuff that he's got, and um, and 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 that and then some. Get the California perspective, so to speak. And then finally, at the end of the show this morning. It's Willie Waffle. Uh, he's coming on board for the weekend streaming review, including I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what he says about the movie, uh, about the movies in the streams this week. He's talking about the new uh, vampire movie Renfield with Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Holt, which uh, I, I I'm excited about and whatever other entertainment news is. Out there and fit to print. So that's uh, uh, that's that. That's the whole show this morning. So uh, I guess we should uh, get things started. I got a I've got a a plethora of uh, news stories ahead of me here, and I uh, can't wait. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what's uh, w- what what comes up on the list. We're gonna hold up on this article uh, from hand waving freak outery till probably the last segment of this hour. Because it's going to take, I think, a whole segment to kind of break that down, and uh, and have some discussions about this. Earlier in the week, we had uh, conversations about what was going on in Tennessee with the ejection of two of their uh, representatives from the state house uh, due to the fact that they uh, broke decorum rules and basically <clears throat> were causing a mass scene inside the legislature. Uh, joining with protesters and everything else, and that all had to do, of course, with gun control uh, and the events that played out in Tennessee over the last two weeks. We had mass shootings in both Nashville and a workplace shooting in um, in Louisville, and that has, you know, put a target directly on the 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 rights and of citizens in. <clears throat> tennessee which normally you would consider to be a pretty pro-gun state um and so we talked about it in fact we talked about it in part yesterday with jd to chile because it's a prime example of kind of this urban rural divide this disconnect between those who are um living in the uh in the you know, compressed, um, you know, mega city environment versus those who are more self-sufficient and live out in the country and do things like that. And so uh, it was surprising to me that uh, it was yesterday, late yesterday, I saw a piece come out talking about Tennessee Republicans who may be cautiously supporting a call for gun control. Now, this could be due to the enormous pressure that you've seen of the things happening in the house it could be the fact that somebody just wants to do something right that's the that's the 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 second political disease right after the fact that they want to tell you how to live your life and you know how how to best do the things that you want to do the other thing is is that if anything happens any kind of tragedy or crisis or anything else, there's this reactivity that you see from politicians where they feel like even though when the best policy may have been to just be hands off and to wait for cooler heads to prevail instead of making an emotionally based decision, uh, decision they have this enormous need to just do something. And that may be part of the case of what's going on here. So Tennessee, again, a reputation as a pretty pro-gun state. And yet now the Republican governor, uh, Governor Bill Lee, has called for gun control. Uh, Now, it's not full gun control, right? It's just red flag laws, which, while not as bad as many of the other options out there, has its own pitfalls, including, as we've seen many, many times before, the lack of due process and the potential for a red flag law to be used inappropriately and to be weaponized and used against people who have a grievance. Um, But it's still, I mean, that's plenty bad enough. Now it seems like some of the Republicans in the state house and the Republican leadership are open to the idea. According to WKRN.com in Tennessee, two weeks after thousands of protesters descended descended upon the state capitol in support of stricter gun control laws governor bill lee announced he's pushing for an order of protection law a red flag law to prevent people uh, law enforcement proves are threatening from purchasing guns now here here's the problem the proves are threatening the people who are pr- that the law enforcement proves are threatening that's the big part because that's not really how the red flag law works. Overall, the The lack of due process in it is astonishing. So, you know, we'll talk about that, though. It won't solve all the problems, said the lieutenant governor, but I think it will take a good step forward. But the governor is probably going to run into one of his uh, one of, into a, a roadblock, according to the uh, WKRN, his own party. In the last few years, much of the Republican supermajority has been starkly against any sort of gun restrictions. The Senate Majority Leader Jack Johnson was quoted as saying, we need to be very, very careful. I do not support anything that does not include full due process. Johnson is the de facto second in command of the Senate and says he supports Lee's order of protection, but it's a delicate balance because he wants to preserve Second Amendment rights. And again, the problem with red flag law is primarily, Is the fact that uh, every one of them thus far that has been passed in this uh, country uh, has and does in some way, shape or form and to some degree of severity, basically crush due process for the person accused. Um, And, of course, that's I think that's working as intended, because in order for it to work the way it's supposed to work, which is to. Take guns away from somebody as quickly as possible so nobody can get hurt. There's little chance for that due process to actually be observed. Now, Tom Knighton over at Bearing Arms is talking about this, and he said the fact that there's even a discussion like this going on is troubling. And he says to worry, you know, he starts to worry about things like, uh, you know, did the backlash from ejecting these two legislators give an effect to that? Was there something else going on? Is there pressure? any kind of crack in that facade is troubling to many people who have been watching this for many years because usually it's again the camel's nose under the tent that's the worrying part about all this um but it, you know i guess the good news is that uh it's still a long and uphill battle uh, according to WKRN again it uh, the the Tennessee legislature which is heavily republican they have a supermajority in the Repu- in the uh, in the uh, Uh, legislature, they said it figures that it would take 25 percent of the Republicans in the House and nearly 30 percent of Republicans in the Senate and every other Democrat uh, out there to agree to be able to move this thing. So that's a very, very heavy lift. But I guess the most troubling thing is that it's even being discussed at this moment. Again, I think this falls back into that dichotomy of politicians who feel like they have to do something and of course we've already seen how this doesn't necessarily work Colorado had a red flag law I mean it didn't stop Colorado Springs from having a mass shooting Uh, but there have been reports including one documented report where uh, one person in Colorado um, tried to to use the red flag law to disarm someone that she had a uh, that she had a beef with she actually ended up in the long run She filed the false report and was arrested for it. Uh, But after after the whole thing was in process, can you imagine your whole life being torn up because you made somebody upset? I mean, you may eventually clear your name, but I mean the the chaos that would ensue from something like that. I mean, red flag laws are not in most states, and I would I would venture to say probably in every state, there are already laws on the books that if somebody is a danger to themselves or someone else. That law enforcement can come in and have a intervention, so to speak, including the ability to you know disbar these people from being able to uh, to keep firearms. Why do we need a law that has this arbitrary process of anonymity, the you know the abrogation of due process, and all these other things when we already have laws on the books? I mean, that's that's a that, that's the thing. We've already seen him be weaponized. It wasn't a fact in the with the story of the gentleman <clears throat> uh, back in, um, oh, I just escaped me, Maryland. Uh, early on when red flag laws were just brand new and they had one in the state, and the first death by red flag law happened. and it was just a dispute. Between a man and one of his relatives, she was mad at him or disturbed by whatever. It was a political dispute. And she called uh, the police, and they showed up at his house at 4.45 in the morning to seize his firearms. And, of course, he answered the door with a gun and was shot dead. He didn't know what was going on. So that's not the kind of stuff that we want to deal with. Well, why did he answer the door with a gun? Because it was 4.45 in the morning. Who doesn't answer the door with a gun at 4.45 in the morning? Right? (laughs) I mean, come on. Anyway, um, that's just one of the big stories out there right now. So we're going to be keeping a close eye on Tennessee and see what happens as we uh, move forward here. All right, we got more coming up again uh chris chang willie waffle in hour two your phone calls and more the michael duke show common sense liberty based free thinking radio we return with more firearms friday right after this feel free to call us up phone lines are open for gun friday gun q a all day 907-433-3150 back with more after this
0: You missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes on Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and Michael Yeah, why
3: would I open a door uh and at four in the morning when somebody's, you know, pounding on my door, why would I not have a gun when I go to open the door? And, uh, quite honestly, whenever anybody knocks on my door, I have a gun. That's just because I'm armed all the time. And yes, if it's somebody that I didn't know was coming over, I have my hand on my gun. Why? You don't know. You just don't know. It's it's insane. It's insane. Um, and never open the door without a warrant. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, how how many of us out there have ring doorbells? I've got a ring for security and convenience more than anything else. Um, you know, yeah, good thing. You better call me first, Rick, before you come on over and show up. Um, but I have a ring doorbell for just that reason. I could, you know, flick it on and say, hello, can I help you? And whether that means I just got out of the shower or I'm, you know, or I'm, I'm pooping, or I'm in the studio doing something. I don't have to go all the way downstairs to go answer the front door. I can just flick my phone on. That's, you know, that's, 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 uh, that's, that's crazy. That is crazy. Um, but yeah, and then you, I would never, never open the door without a warrant. Uh, my dogs would be eating their faces off," says Denise. "My gun is just a backup. Well, but unfortunately, that you know they'll just shoot your dogs. That's what it's that's what it's all about. And of course, we've heard stories. In fact, what was it last week? Week before? We talked about the the uh, the 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 uh, home invasion gang. They would go around and scream police when they came in, just to throw you off so you wouldn't defend yourself. I mean, that's, that's, that's the problem, you know? Yeah, no one as <laughs> Jerrica, I've never associated a knock at 4 a.m. as a good thing. Nobody has, you know? I mean, that's, nobody has, nobody has done that. Nobody thinks that, you know, unless you're some kind of night owl or work the graveyard, nobody thought that showing up at your house at 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the morning and knocking on your door is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, it's just that's just the danger of the red flag. There are already involuntary commitment laws. There are already other laws that could be put into effect. Uh, It's just that those laws have pesky due process built into them. That's why they want this new one. I mean, you got to understand the importance of this. I mean, this is why and i know i'm i'm probably many of you are trump supporters and everything else but this was one always one of my biggest problems um not only that that i thought trump was very self-serving in many many ways but his stance on the second amendment was so blowing in the wind it, that it just it, it infuriated me and his comment i mean not only did he ban bump stocks by executive fiat which I'm not I'm not a bump stock fan, but it was an infringement. There's no two ways about it. And he didn't have the authority, as the courts have pointed out now. But his comment after Parkland, where he basically said, we'll just take the guns and worry about due process later. If that doesn't scare the absolute hell out of you. When somebody who has been entrusted with the power of the presidency has sworn to uphold the Constitution of the United States and he blatantly says, I will take the guns and worry about due process later. If that doesn't just cause you to have a, sh- a shiver right down to the base of your soul, you may need a checkup from the neck up. You may need to think about that. Anyway, sorry. That's just something that uh, just—I mean, I'm—I'm so—I'm so so infuriated by that. So infuriated by that whole thing, because it's not just the Second Amendment; it's the First Amendment. It's all the other amendments. We'll just do it and take and worry about due process later. What the actual hell? That's not—not how it works. That is not how it works all right like and share like and follow let's get this going on here we go the michael duke show subscribe and ring the bell
0: what the hell is an assault weapon
4: You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems.
0: Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Dukes show Assault Radio? (laughs) Okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes.
3: Yep, I'm only here to hurt your feelings. I'm only here to hurt your feelings. I'm not a fan of the murder guns. I only want protect. All my guns are protection guns. I just want. I had it. I double checked them. I double checked them. They are all. They are all murder gun free. They're all protection guns. No murder guns in this house. So that's how. That's that's how it works. Um, I was just talking during the break, and we were talking about all these red flag laws, and the and the problem again with them is the f- the fact that they compromise the cornerstone, the foundational principle of jurisprudence in this country the due process component of it right the innocent until proven guilty and all those things that's all part and parcel of due process and the problem with the red flag laws is they they just hop skip and jump right by that uh, many times people who have been you know the many of these red flag laws basically don't even have reporting requirements to the person who is being red flagged until after the fact and they show up to take your guns there's no notification where you can defend yourself and say, that, your, your honor, I don't know what you guys are talking about. And, you know, the biggest problem that we have is we've got people like Donald freaking Trump. Who, I mean, I know many of you love him and he's but I mean, he's. He's an opportunist, okay? He's an opportunist. He's a populist. He does the whole thing. Wherever the wind blows, that's where he goes. You could see it in his writings. You can go back and read his book from 2005 where he talks about there should be, you know, massive waiting periods and nobody needs an assault rifle and all this kind of stuff. And I know somebody out there is going to go, but he changed his mind. He changes his mind all the time. As a Republican president, he's done more uh, to help gun control He's the biggest helper since George W. Bush, who told the Congress after the assault weapons ban expired that, oh, he'd be willing to sign it again if they just put it on his desk. And the biggest thing, the I mean, this is, again, never, never been a, never been a Trump supporter. But the biggest thing is, is that we saw not only did he, uh, not only did he, uh, you know, bypass the American legal system by issuing an executive order to ban bump stocks, which, again, bump stocks are stupid. They're a novelty item. No, there's no serious shooter out there who would really. But some people have fun with them. So I'm all for you being able to have them. I don't necessarily own one and I'm not really interested, but you should have the right to have them. And the fact that he banned it by executive order, which, by the way, uh, uh, you know, abrogates the whole constitutional separation of powers, as we're seeing the courts decide now, right? As we're seeing the courts decide now that what he did was illegal, that he did not have the authority to, uh, you know, through administrative action to do that. The most chilling words I ever heard come out of his mouth were there after the Parkland shooting where he's sitting at the desk in, not in the Oval Office, he's in some briefing room in the, in the. Uh, in the White House, he's having a round table with the chief of police of of, of the city where Parkland High was in, in Florida, and, and they're all talking and everything else. And he says, well, you know what, we're just going to find these people. We're going to talking about how this guy was, you know, a danger to himself and others. We'll just take the guns and we'll worry about true a, a due process later. We're just going to take the guns and we'll worry about due process later. Now, I'm sorry, you, you may love, you may love the Donald, you may, you know, you may not, you may love him, whatever. Any president, any president who says, we'll just take X, now fill in the blank on whatever that is, any fundamental right that is inherent in we the people, inalienable right, any president that says, we'll just take X. And we'll worry about due process later. If that just doesn't cause a tightening of the bowels for you. And a little bead of sweat to draw off it. If that just doesn't give you the shivers. You may want to rethink your position. I mean, that's that's part of the problem around here. Is that we've got politicians, and it's not. This is not simply a Trump thing. This is, this is every politician, especially at the national level. Oh, that pesky due process—it just keeps getting in the way of the things that we want to do. All oh, those pesky civil rights—they just keep getting in the way of things we want to do. But that's that's the important part. And as I said before, there are already all these laws on the books in the various states that have. You know, involuntary commitment laws and the ability to, you know, lock people down or give them a 48-hour break and mental health evaluation and do all these things. And, yes, even ways to take away or separate them from their firearms. The problem that people are seeing, especially on the gun control side, is that all of those things have a due process component so people can fight back against it. And that means it's working as intended. That means it's working as it was intended. People have the right to be free. (sighs) I, you know, again, couldn't, couldn't. Anyway. All right. Where was I? Where was I? Oh, Gretchen. Oh, Gretchen, 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 Gretchen Whitmer, governor of Michigan. Remember this gal? She was the one that wanted to have people arrested for buying seeds at Walmart during the pandemic because how dare they go down that aisle because that was not an aisle that was deemed to be necessary. Remember this whole thing? Gretchen Whitmer. She just signed two pieces of gun control into law on Thursday with another bill. To establish a red flag law, which is likely to be approved by the state legislature's narrow Democratic majority. Uh, in fact, it, it may already have happened because I read this story uh, yesterday. So it may have happened yesterday. Um, surrounded by anti-gun at- activists and lawmakers, she declared the measure to be common sense gun policy. <laughs> and then the the quote from the paper Senator Rosemary Baer from Kego Harbor let out a scream of finally when taking the lectern to speak prior to the bill signing. They finally got what they wanted. She's seen as one of the driving forces behind safe storage legislation following the shooting at Oxford High School. And then she apologized for gun control advocates for the wait and said there's more to come. There's more to come. She said, I'm thrilled that we're here today to finally take this first step towards uh, forward to address this horrible epidemic that we have, gun violence. thats taking away our families and our friends and our members and our children. Finally, we are changing the law in Michigan to make sure that there's a background check on every gun purchased, not just handguns, and keep guns out of the hands out of people who should have them. Now, you'll note, interestingly enough. That she's already admitted there's already a requirement back for a background check on handguns, something that didn't stop any of the gun. There's already a background check because criminals, by their definition, break the law. And there's criminals in Michigan who are getting handguns without getting the background check already. So fail. The new universal background check law will be an imposition and an inconvenience for no one but legal gun Owners. That's why they call them criminals. Now, there's also a new part of this that is going to require safe storage laws, which requires safety of a store, safely storing firearms while minors are present. A person could be guilty of a misdemeanor punishable by not more than 93 days in jail and a fine of no more than $500 or both if a minor obtains a firearm due to improper storage. Additional fines and fees are then prescribed for an adult. If the minor hurt another person, those uh, th- these increase should a minor kill another person. But this is they already had laws on the books for this. Remember the Oxford High School shooter? That was where the parents bought the pistol for their kid and just gave him unlimited access to it despite concerns over his mental health. Under an existing Michigan law, the parents have already been charged with felony manslaughter. So do we really need another law telling us to do what is rational common sense? And then, of course, they had the red flag law, and this article goes on to talk about how uh, one of the biggest due process changes was to increase the standard of proof needed to gain an extreme, an ERP, which is an extreme risk protection order, ERPO. And again, they're trying to amend it to make sure that some of those due process, the Republicans that are in that legislative body are trying to fight back to make sure that they can keep some of that due process in there. Because a, a lot of people, both Republicans and Democrats, but mostly progressives, are okay with that elimination of due process as long as it's something that, you know, that you that you uh, have to deal with and not them them. So, so terrifying. So terrifying. Uh, meth is illegal, too. And look well they, how well they've done with stopping that, says Richard in the chat room. Hey, you know what? Hard drugs are illegal, too. And yet you find them in all of our prisons. Hard drugs, contraband, shivs, knives, phones, all different kind. All of that is available in uh, in prison. Which we would think would be the ultimate, you know, lockdown. Criminals, by their very definition, break the law and they will continue to do so. Because that's just the way it is. All right, coming up next, uh, I've got this piece from uh, Hand-Waving Freak Outery, where he's going over the fact that in his estimation, the war on guns is lost and it's the left's doing. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute it's a great article and uh i'll post links up in the chat room for those of you who want to read in the meanwhile or have it for later on we'll return with more in just a moment it is the michael duke show common sense liberty-based free thinking radio back with more right after this
0: Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee.
1: Hat, <laughs> nice beard.
0: The Michael Duke Show. Oh, okay. <clears throat>
3: um, going backwards here. Going backwards, over twenty thousand federal gun laws on the books alone. Yeah, the Federal Register has over twenty thousand regulations uh, regulating firearms in one way, shape, or form, from export to personal use to everything else. Don't necessarily own a bump stock. Well stated. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've shot bump stocks. I've had friends that have had bump stocks, and yeah, they're fun. I mean, they're you know. Rat a tat tat makes it almost like a machine gun, but I've never had a, a desire to go out and spend several hundred dollars on one just to blow through ammo. I mean, I can I can bump fire I can bump fire almost any semi automatic rifle I own. Bump fire is not that hard. You don't have to have a special pre built thing. But the problem with bump fire is that it's not really that accurate and it wastes a lot of ammo which is more precious than gold these days i mean have you tried to buy ammo um my first line of defense is currently snoring on the couch yeah i mean that's that's part of what happens but again i wouldn't be trusting my dog to be preventing somebody from in law enforcement or somebody who's pretending to be law enforcement to kick open the door and they just shoot your dog i mean law enforcement will shoot your dog let alone criminals you got to have a better you know you got to understand that your dog may be the first line of defense but you understand that it's a disposable it's like cannon fodder in the old wars right where they threw all the peasants up front and made them rush the lines that's 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 unfortunate but that's the truth um Go, go trump what this is the go trump show apparently harold is listening to music in his own mind that must be why he's so random sometimes because he's listening to the show and not he must be he must be listening to the other voices in his head cuz anybody who's listened to this show for longer than a week understands that i am am and have never been a fan of djt DJT. Donald Um, let's see murder guns lol Um, I want to know if anybody has seen the data where a red flag case has actually ended in the gun owner being adjudicated mentally unfit to bear fire Um, I saw some numbers and it's actually a pretty low number of the cases where that is the case, Jeannie, I'm trying to remember who had it up. Maybe it was Do- maybe it was John Lott. I'll have to look to see if I can find it. But there has actually been some, um, well, there actually has been some. Uh, the, a part of the problem with that, by the way, is that those orders expire. And if you don't fight it, I don't think that they were tracking it if you don't fight it. That, you know you had them taken away for six months and then they they just came back automatically unless they extended it. I'll have to I, somebody did some numbers on it. We'll have to come back to it. We'll have to come back to it um okay okay uh as soon as the tax refund comes it's bag day bag day cannon fodder and he took offense to that and he took offense to that i know that's what i'm saying um i mean that the the it's it's sad but you have to understand that if you if you do get a dog for home defense and there is a determined foe be it you know uh i mean you saw the story the other day right about the police officer who showed up at the wrong house he's now being sued Um, he showed up at the wrong house, shot the homeowner to death. Um, and, uh, because he showed up the house across the street, this happens all the time. This is why no knock, no warrants are so dangerous. No knock warrants, which were ostensibly for the safety of the officer have now become more dangerous for citizens than anything else. There's been more pets and people killed. In those no-knock warrant raids, um, then y- you could shake a fish stick at. But you have to understand that if you have an animal that is there for your protection, that more than likely, if you have a determined attacker, whether it's a, a bad guy pretending to be a police officer or just a flat old bad guy, or if it's a police officer who's ju- come to the wrong house by accident, more than likely, your dog's going to get shot. That's that's what that's what happens. Yeah, small high speed dogs are harder to shoot than most people realize. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's um, let's get back into it. Here we go, I guess. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Like a share, like a share, like a follow. Let's do it. No, I started that way too early. Sorry, I got to make sure I get it right. Timing is everything.
0: The Michael Duke Show. Seriously humorous with a pinch of intellect. Pinch of (laughs) intellect. Sorry. That is humorous. Here's Michael Dukes.
3: Okay. Uh, Welcome back to the program. Hour one of Firearms Friday continues coming up in our next hour. We're going to be talking with Chris Chang, Top Shot champion from season four of the show Top Shot on the History Channel. Uh, And we'll also be visiting with Willie Waffle for our weekend movie review. Can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing about Renfield. I mean, who else out there has been? Well, I mean, who else out there? Watches some of the trailers, uh, for some of these movies just to see what. I mean, it looks so hysterically funny. I can't, I can't wait. Uh, I wait, I can't wait to see what's going on. Anyway, Willie Waffle is going to tell us all about that. Um, all right, I still got some other stories that uh, we can get to here. Um, I guess we did that one and we did that one. Uh, so uh, now it's time to talk about the big story for the day that I've been kind of excited about, and that is a piece from this week from Hand Waving Freak Outery, which is a uh, it's a Substack blog um, written by I think his name is Brian Campbell, if I remember correctly. Uh, I've tried to get him on the program several times, but I, I, you know he's a private citizen who. Writes this blog in his spare time. He's got quite a following. Um, He does a lot of stuff about statistics and gun control. And, um, uh, I mean, he really really writes, in fact, one of his best, um, uh, B.J. Campbell. Yeah, Brian J. Campbell. Uh, He recently did an article um, that we covered on the show talking about the surprisingly solid mathematical case for the tinfoil hat gun prepper. And he talked about it statistically, and he used floodplain analysis as a as an analog for it. Really, really good, uh, really, really good writer. Um, oh, I see he's appeared on the Jim Rutt show. Well, okay, I guess I'm going to have to try and redouble my efforts to get him on the show. So anyway, B.J. Campbell wrote about this uh, article uh, mm-hmm. that was in um, the New Republic, which is a uh, progressive magazine. Uh, written by Bryn Tannehill. And the headline of the story is The Grim Truth. The War on Guns is Lost. There are more unregistered guns in this country than are possessed by the Pentagon, DHS, and police departments combined. And Republicans want more of them. That's the headline. Now the The truth of this is that point was passed quite a quite a while ago, right? I mean, quite a that whole point of the war on guns is lost, but the point about there are more unregistered guns in this country than are possessed by the Pentagon, Department of Homeland Security and police departments combined that's been true for years. That's not like that's a big surprise. There are approximately 670,000 law enforcement officials in the country who work in law enforcement at the state, county, borough, federal, 670,000 law enforcement. Let's just say each one of them had three guns attached to them. That's only 1.8. Well, just it's under just under 2 million guns, 2 million guns for the law enforcement. You know, uh, if you had a million man army and you had two guns for each of those people in the million man army, that'd be another 2 million guns. Double that to four just to be generous. So now you've got 6 million guns. And then you've got Department of Homeland Security and all the other federal, although that's kind of wrapped up in the 670,000. But let's just round it all the way up to 10 million guns for all the officialdom, for all the only ones that should be allowed to have firearms, right? Only the police and the military should have firearms. So let's just round it up to 10 million. And then for, just for giggles, double that to 20 million. 20 million guns. Well, I mean, it was being reported back, man, this is back in the early 2000s, that there were 250 million guns in America. Now, the most recent numbers that have come out, which I think are still personally think are woefully inadequate, is about 450 million guns in America. Because that was when it broke, when it went over the one gun per person thing, and it was like, oh my God, there's so many guns. There's only 330 million, and now we got 400 million guns. That's more than one gun per person. How can we deal with it? What's going to happen? And to that, all I could say is man, with the underreporting and everything else, I guarantee you there are over three quarters of a billion guns in this country. That's 750 million for you pedantic people out there. 750 million guns in this country. I almost guarantee it. All you have to do is look at the number of background checks year on year. Just over the just over the last five, six, eight years alone. It's been hovering around 20, 21, 26 million gun checks a year. And some of those are for multiple, some of those are for old guns, some of those are for new guns. But that's just a hundred and 50 million guns in the last seven years alone. I mean, this is, but she, she mentions that. I think it's important that you notice that she mentions that at the top of the subheading, but, um, uh, BJ Campbell goes on and through and says here, he was struck by how tone deaf the content of this article was. He said, you know, she had the most honest headline in history for the new Republic. But he said it struck him as just how tone deaf the content was. He said, Bryn, who surely is a devout blue triber, seems to have no idea that her tribe's loss in the war was their fault. Her fault, even. He starts to go through it. And, of course, he says most of the article is a rehashing of the usual red tribers are evil. Right. Because he does the whole thing. Blue tribe, red tribe pro-gun, anti-gun, conservative, liberal, whatever you want to say. But he says most of her article goes through the usual red tribers or evil banality built on the presumption that guns are the problem and that the blue tribe measures would fix the problem without a true look at the mathematics or the policy efficacy. But certain sections of the article pop purely because of how truly, brutally honest they are about the situation they find themselves in. And to me, this is the good news part of it. He quotes her, the war is lost. There's no conceivable way for the things to change for the better within the next 20 to 30 years short of a national divorce, which is a nice way of saying succession, a breakup of the United States. Uh, Short of a national divorce, there's no way to change hearts and minds of Republicans or the courts. There's no way to change who is in the office in most states. There's no way to replace who sits on the courts quickly or change conservative disdain for stare desis, which is the concept of precedent, by the way, that that many courts operate off of. We're seeing permitless concealed carry, open carry, allowances to carry in more places, ending gun-free zones, laws banning red flag laws. All the while, the number of guns in circulations keeps rising by the millions year after year after year. So far, I don't see a problem. Republicans keep insisting that the solution to gun violence is more guns, and they're going to keep going with that theory no matter what the results are. This is a one way ratchet. The path going forward has only one possible outcome, more guns, less regulation on their lethality and less government authority over who owns them. Yes, it's called the Constitution. Less government authority over who owns them. Yes. May I have another? Short of a national divorce, there's nothing that can be done at this point. Bryn's byline reads, by the way, Bryn Tannehill is a Naval Academy graduate, formal Navy naval aviator, author, and senior defense analyst. She currently lives in North Virginia with her wife and three children. Blue checker. Okay, fine. I mean, I don't care how people live. They want to do that's fine. But BJ goes on to talk about is she correct that the only way to move the national needle towards gun control is succession? The answer is yes. Are red drivers scared of that? No. Why? Because if a national divorce happens, who would be the ones that would be fighting it or fighting against it? Or I mean, at that point, who's got the guns? Not all the blue tribers who are basically out there saying nobody should have guns. And now we're going to throw a secession. Um, The only people who have guns are the people who want the guns. And now you want to take their guns away. You think that they're just going to meekly give them up? I mean, he said the biggest blind spot in the entire piece, uh, rhetoric aside, is the unwillingness to acknowledge why gun control is lost. It wasn't due to gerrymandering or political trickery. It was because so many people bought so many guns that the laws no longer matter. There are too many guns to seize. And the reason there are too many guns is because of the actions taken by her tribe in and of itself. We're gonna uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll finish our thoughts on this because this is this is just such such good stuff. You need to you need to go take a look at it. I got one line on hold. We'll start with that phone call on the other side. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Make sure you check us out on Facebook and YouTube. If you have a YouTube account and you haven't come out and subscribed to the show on YouTube, would you help me out and do that? I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. So feel free to head on over there and subscribe and ring the bell if you'd like. YouTube.com/slash Michael Duke Show. All right, we got to go. Back with more right after this. Okay. Um, I'm scrolling backwards. BJ Campbell. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, I would I say Brian Campbell. Um, um, let's see. The gold miner was interesting. Um,. sorry, I'm just going through, uh, um, going back through the, uh, the comments here. Just don't answer the door. Start a dialogue. The only door in my house that is breachable is a glass door. Only firemen breach glass doors breachable. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's why you should have a solid core steel door in your front and, and a reinforced frame on the doors of your house. Um, that's, Easily, easily, uh, uh, easily breachable. Um, Background checks is not accurate, as many states like Alaska exempt concealed carry card holders from the NICS background check. Um, The background checks are accurate because to get the NICS exemption on your concealed carry, you have to go through the process of the fingerprinting, the photographing and going through the NICS check at the FBI, and get that approval when it comes back. It's like a permanent NICS check. You have gone through the NICS check. It exempts you from subsequent NICS check for the length of the duration of your license because you've already proven you're one of the good guys, so to speak. All right. Um... More guns are fine. Less educated idiots hyperventilating into a bag would be good. Uh, yeah. Uh, more guns, less crime is, again, the whole thing about uh, uh, Dr. John Lott. I mean, he actually points that out um, in his one of his first works uh, as a statistician. And it's just been proven. And you could see that the overall decline in violent crime has continued since they started tracking this. Have we had an uptick in the last couple of years? Yeah, but we've had some tumultuous years in the last two or three years. So there has been an uptick. But prior to that, it's been on a steady decline for like 35 or 40 years. And the number of guns has increased 100%, maybe 200% in the last 30, 35, 40 years. Um. Get a hurricane-rated door, says Brian Cherry. Interesting. I never heard of a hurricane-rated door. Might be something that I'm interested in. Uh, That is correct, but cannot be Gary was saying that the background check is that is correct, but that cannot be used as counting mechanism for number of guns sold. That's a rough estimation. When I said it's 20 million, 21 million background checks a year, first of all, we don't know how many of those are old guns being resold. We don't know how many of those, because a NICS background check can cover one or more firearms. You can buy five firearms under one NICS background check, and you know, you just don't know. But I'm just saying, as a rough estimate, if you had 20 million background checks a year, and assuming that the old versus new and the multiple versus single guns kind of washed each other out in You know, in seven years, you'd have an additional 150 million guns in the market. It's a very rough estimate, Gary. There's no, you know, there's no doubt about it. It can't be used as a true counting mechanism. You're right. Um, Morning, Dad. My dad just showed up. Got a chance to sleep in this morning. Um, The level of stupid people has gone up tenfold by comparison to gun ownership. Um, All right. I'm going to have to go look into this hurricane rated door thing Um, because I don't know what a hurricane door is unless it's a steel door that can't be penetrated by flying debris. Um, My Jerrica's point on background checks is, is that it's a background checks for gun purchases is a joke. You don't know if, or when that person may be pushed beyond their limit. And use that gun for bad, regardless of the intentions of purchase. I mean, yeah, we, you know, sometimes people snap. It is what it is. Uh, Let me go over here to the phone since somebody's been so patiently waiting and I forgot about him here while I was chatting with you. Let me get, uh, let me get the take from people, see who they are and everything else. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning, Michael. It's Fred. How are you? Good morning, Fred. Uh, I will uh, I will be back to you here in a minute. I'm doing fine, my friend, but you hold the line and you'll be first out of the queue here when we get back. We're less than two minutes away from uh, kicking things off here in just a hot second. So it's good to hear from you. Thank you for calling in down in Rhode Island. Uh, okay. Um, uh. Off to the salt mine, TGIFF. Jeffrey, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you coming in. Alaska need to stay on their toes. Otherwise, we're going to end up like Washington. I hope not. I mean, I'm doing everything I can to fight or keep that Alaskan last frontier spirit. But we'll we'll have to see. We will have to see. And uh, he says also, thank God we don't have to have a concealed carry permit to carry concealed in Alaska. And that's happening more and more across the country. I can't even remember now. I mean, we at one point it was 12. I think we're up to 15 or 16 states now that don't require a permit to carry concealed. And we were right up there in the very beginning. Um, <clears throat> early day at work. I'm already at work. I've been at work for two and a half hours already. What are you guys talking about? Oh, everybody else has got to go to their work. I see. I see. I see. Um for the last 2 years the blue tribe has been the primary purchaser of firearms and BJ talks about that in this article we're going to get back into that All right we got to go the Michael Duke show common sense radio
0: Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the themichaeldukesshow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. B- b- Firearms Friday.
1: As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all
3: times armed.
1: Be at all times armed. Say hello to my little
0: friend!
2: I say that the Second Amendment is in order of importance the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Gingrich.
1: The right to and bare arms shall not be infringed. not be infringed. firearms,
2: from my cold dead hands,
3: Friday, that's my
0: rifle, my gun, this is it is goodbye.
3: Firearms Friday, Firearms Friday, good morning and welcome to the program, it is the Michael Luke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska. On this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator and live around the world of michaeldukeshow.com. Where you'll find the podcast, the sites, of the social media links and the live stream. I was all in one breath. It was all good stuff. Welcome back to Hour 2. It is uh, our favorite day of the week, Gun Day. We get a chance to uh, talk with you, Gun Q&A all day. We get a chance to talk with uh, great guests. We've got Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, coming up here in a few minutes. And we're going to finish up today with Willie Waffle for your entertainment review. But first, let's get over to the phones because we got calls. We got calls joining us on the line right now. Is our friend Fred, who listens to us every Friday, all the way out in Rhode Island, at the other side of the country. Good morning, Fred. How are you?
2: Good, good, sir. Good. You know, beginning uh, the beginning the the, the part of your show. Yeah, you, know, you mentioned the, uh, you know, the issue about the red flag, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's. I don't say it's an overreach. I mean, it has potentially, it has merit. However, it also has a lot of potential for abuse, and that that's the problem with the red flag, is the abuse part. And they will be abused, you know, I'm sure it will be. But, you know, if, if it boils down to one one oversight that was never really uh, brought up and talked about, the fact that people are aware of what's going on around them. I mean, they have friends, and they know people who know people. And when something like this is going on, these shooters down in Tennessee and over there in the Kentucky, you know, they know that these people are around. And, you know, they, they, you know they, they see them either going, you know, going sideways and something's not right in their life and they know they probably have firearms. So if they say something, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like living in New York City, you know. New York City, you know, somebody could be raped or murdered or strangled or whatever, and people just stand around and watch, you know, especially in this day and age with the, you know, the cell phone cameras, they just don't, everybody wants to get in on the act and that's the problem. But nobody wants to get in and help. Nobody wants to try and stop it. And if they sit there and made the effort to drop a dime and let the authorities know, you know, and whether the authorities act on it or not, that's not the point, at least you've made an effort. At least you've tried. And I'm sure that they would. You know, they jump in on it and they go talk to them. Even if they don't confiscate anything or do anything, at least they put the fear of God into them and let them know that they're on the radar. So anything they do from that moment on is going to be tracked, which means they're probably not going to get away with anything. If they, you know, if they're on the radar and they're being tracked, right You know, well, no, look at uh, that. And, and cause the media, you know, and that's, this has worked, this has worked perfectly in the past. You know, people have dropped the dime. They found the guy, they intercepted him like that, that trends and uh, you know, the trends, uh, know, what do you want to call it? You know, that was caught, before they did anything, but the media doesn't make a big deal about it. Why? Because it's not in there. You know, if it doesn't bleed, it doesn't. It doesn't bleed, it doesn't read. It, I mean, that's part of it. And I think they are on the. Uh, you know, they are on the the blue socialist agenda. You know, and whatever they want to do, with it, you know, take down the Second Amendment and everything else. Right. So you know, it's not in there. It's not in their best interest to do that, even though it is their responsibility to do it.
3: Well, but it, the problem is, Fred, is that even what it is. Uh, you know, even when it's not people's responsibility, even when it's the government's responsibility, uh, we've seen this failures. I mean, they keep going back to all oh, the red flag laws because law enforcement needs this to be able to stop these people and everything else. And all I have to do is point out to I mean, there's been a variety of shooters, but the Parkland shooter is probably one of the most egregious ones. And that's the guy who had like 20-something, 20 25 interactions with local law enforcement and over a dozen interactions with federal law enforcement before he went in there and shot up that school. They knew this guy was a bad actor. They knew he was a bad apple, and yet he still passed a background check and was able to go, nobody nobody bothered to do anything. This guy was, he kept turning up over and over and over again. Or the Sutherland Springs shooting uh, in Texas where, by the way, that family finally got a payout from the federal government admitting, I mean, tacitly admitting culpability because they failed to put the information that he was dishonorably discharged into the NIC system so he was able to pass a background check and buy a rifle and go kill all those people. I mean, again... The laws that they keep putting in there and they keep saying, oh, well, we'll just the government will keep us safe from this if we just follow all these rules. And it's been proven time and time and time again that they can't. The The naval yard shooter, that guy had been had been busted in the military for uh, for uh, illegal use of firearms. And sh- I mean, it was all he, but he still got a gun and went in and shot one of the most secure places in the country. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy, crazy stuff. You're right. We should be paying well, 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 attention to the people around us. Um, and we can't just rely on law enforcement and the government to do it. We should be responsible for our friends and neighbors.
2: Well, we've always, we, you know, it's oh, it, it, days gone by. That was that was the biggest thing. in you know, in the latter days, back in the 30s and the 40s, 50s, and maybe in the 60s, you know, people would react. People would make a phone call. they call the police. they call the sheriff. they call let law enforcement know. If something's not right here, and they should be looking into it. Now, anybody who still files a false report, I think, should be you know boiled in oil as far as I'm concerned. You file you file a false uh, police report, for just the sake of trying to you know screw somebody's life up deliberately. I think that's totally wrong and should be you know definitely should be punished to the highest degree. However, if it, if there is any truth to the matter, then I think it's a, it's a personal responsibility, a moral obligation, to do it. You know, and if you don't do it, and I'm, you know, you're probably just as guilty as the people committing the act, in my opinion. See something, say something. Right. You know? and right. And if you don't do it, well, then you can't blame anybody but yourself. No, I yeah, mean that's just my, my 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 view on that.
3: And of course, a big part of this problem is that we have uh we've we've eliminated the medical uh, health the mental health care uh, infrastructure in this country because it wasn't being handled properly and it kind of fell apart. But we don't have places to handle folks in a lot of ways who are having problems with reality and everything else. So we need to have a discussion about that as well. I mean, we need to have a discussion about the mental health issues on this as well, Fred. I couldn't agree more, and we should be well, paying attention I, well, yeah, to what's going
2: that, on. That, obviously, that's a, big, that, that's a big part of it, too, you know, to have to have that discussion and do something, you know, do something in that problem. But to sit there and just sit there and blame the Second Amendment and the firearms and every and all the all the gun rights organizations and the 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 red the red conservative uh, members of the, our society you know to sit there and play that now you're into politics and now you're into you know this, this this global globalist crap that they're you know that they're pushing and then a lot of it is globalist crap as you well know and not previous conversations you know they, they want to sit there and take this country down and the best way to do it is get rid of the guns so they can just have an un, unchecked unbalanced un unopposed doing whatever the dastardly deeds they want to do to take us down and i think i think anybody who doesn't see that you know you better wake up and have another cup of coffee i think you're definitely not seeing the big picture here
3: fred i appreciate your call my friend thanks for calling in this morning and joining us uh appreciate it thanks for listening out in rhode island
2: okay you have a good week you take bet care.
3: you bet let's uh, go over here and take another phone call good morning who's this where are you calling from
2: Good morning, Michael. This is Ron in North Pole. Hey, Ron. Well, uh, something uh, leaped out at me during your first hour, where you were uh, at least going back over a number of the uh, past and proposed uh, new firearms laws in various states, and uh, it seemed to be seemed to me that at least one thing stood out that they there's a great deal of emphasis being placed on safe storage and that sort of thing as far as people with firearms in their homes. Right. And uh, I would I would hearken back to, I believe, uh, a quote from Colonel Cooper. Uh, if you can't reach it, your training is wasted.
3: Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, that's part of the problem with the safe storage law is – Again, when you, you know, when you desperately need a firearm and ostensibly many places are only really allowing firearms in some of these tighter places for home defense. But if you're required to keep it in a gun safe or keep the ammo in a separate lock container from the, you know, when you, it's like when police, you know, police, when, uh, you know, when, when seconds count, the police are only minutes away. It's the same kind of argument. I mean, if you need a firearm, you usually need it. Now, you don't need to go try and hunt down the ammunition or go and try and f- fiddle fumble with a combination lock to get a gun safe open or anything else. You need it now. Uh, people have got to just take responsibility. And there are already laws, again, going back to the Oxford high school shooting. Those parents have already been uh, charged with uh, with felony manslaughter for allowing him equal you know, easy access to it. Do we really need other laws on top of that?
2: well yeah it just just seems uh, sort of a squirrel cage situation
3: if you would <laughs> yeah no absolutely I mean look I'm if you want to store your firearms in a gun safe to protect your family uh, and have the maj- I'm all for that I mean I, and I think it's it's a probably a common sense thing to be you know that's why I have guns in the safe to make sure that they don't get stolen more than anything else because I taught all my kids the dangers of firearms. Uh, In the beginning. But I mean, that doesn't mean that every gun in my house is in a gun safe, because sometimes you have to have one that's easily accessible. Like I need to be able to stand up, walk to the corner, pick up the gun, be able to ready to go right now, because you just never know. You just never
2: know. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Exactly.
2: All right. I'll leave you with that, sir. And you, you have a good week. All
3: right, Ron. Bye-bye. Thank you for the call. I really appreciate it. Um, all right, back to this article from Hand Waving Freak Outery. Um, unfortunately, we're not gonna be able to um we're not gonna be able to get through this whole article today. I recommend that you go over. Uh you'll find Hand Waving Freak Outery, by the way, at hwfo.substack.com. That's Hand Waving Freak Outery hwfo.substack.com. And you could find this article. It's called The War on Guns is Lost. But I am going to get to this last point before we go. Uh, This is where he basically said, look, the reason that there are so many guns is because of the actions that this author, her blue tribe, that they took. He goes through a little bit of a litany He said they locked down the economy and everyone bought guns. They killed everyone's jobs and everyone bought guns. They closed the schools, everyone bought guns. They created supply shortages on simple things like toilet paper and everybody got guns. They tried to crash the meat supply by shutting down central meatpacking facilities and not allowing locals to bypass FDA regulations and everybody bought guns. They rioted and everybody bought guns. They burned police stations and everybody bought guns. They said the police were systemically racist and everybody bought guns. They said they were going to defund the police and everyone bought guns. Uh, They besieged federal buildings and everyone bought guns. They set up and allowed autonomous zones where no police were allowed to go. And shockingly, everyone bought guns. 2020, he goes on, talks about the vaccines and everything else. 2020 is one giant gun commercial. By the time they were done, 2020 was the greatest gun buying spree in the history of the nation a nation who already has more guns than God himself, driven largely by first-time gun owners, minorities, and women's. And women's. And women. I.E., liberals bought the guns. It's their own fault. Not surprising. Again, this is a fascinating article, and I recommend that you go over there and check it out at Hand-Waving Freak-Outery. All right, we gotta go. Uh, Chris Chang coming up. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio.
0: What is that? Common Sense, regularly heard on American
2: radio. Michael Duke Show. Radio.
3: Okay. Where were we? Um, FRP is that fiberglass? F- fiberglass, is it fiberglass reinforced plastic? Is that fiberglass reinforced plastic? Is that what you're saying, Brian? Those are the those are the uh, hurricane proof doors. FRP, fiberglass reinforced plastic. Okay. And Rob Myers corrected me. I apparently have not been keeping track. Twenty five states now have permitless carry. <laughs> um and of course Jim has the point here that of course if we outlawed murder that would solve all these problems um safe storage ads are a joke how does it prevent suicide when it is the gun owner uh well I mean I'm, I'm assuming they may mean other people in their house or whatever I mean suicide is uh suicide is not the that's the problem. People who've decided to commit suicide, the gun is uh, convenient sometimes, but they're just as likely to throw themselves off a bridge or jump in front of a train or, you know, park their car in the garage and snorkel the and snorkel the exhaust for a while. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it doesn't, that doesn't, Japan, where they have virtually no firearms in Japan, has one of the highest uh, suicide rates of any industrialized country. And it has nothing to do with guns because they have no guns. That's the whole point. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Um, Okay. Arg, uh, I posted it on my page as well. What do you mean? The hand-waving freak-outery? Yeah. It's such a good piece. I'm glad. I'm really glad I signed up for his newsletter. I get his content directly into my email box, and he has written some great pieces, some great pieces over there. Uh, I recommend that anybody who, uh, anybody who enjoys analytical uh, discussions and numbers on things like, in discussions of things like gun control, that you, uh, you go over there and read it. It's, uh, it's good stuff. All right. I've got a line in the side of my head. My head got fatter. Glasses are pinching. Oh, it's because of my thing. All right. Yeah. My Sony headphones are pushing it. My... Harold is bragging about his Sony's. I've known about Sony's for years, man. These are the best headphones available. I've got three pairs. I love them. They are the best headphones available. Available. Um. Japanese don't need guns. They know karate, and all the Chinese all know kung fu. Of course. Of course not. Although committing suicide by karate is probably a little more difficult than you might think, I guess. Um... okay uh why not trust the government they can't figure out the difference between boys and girls and they happily arm the taliban where's the problem (laughs) of course of course we can't i mean you know trust the, the we're from the government and we're here to help right and that was it Reagan that said that those are the 11 most frightening words in the English language. We're from the government and we're here to help. Definitely a little bit of a terrifying statement to say the least.
4: uh
3: okay. Uh, getting things ready. I see that Chris Chang just popped into the green room so we're gonna be over to him here in just a moment and talk with him about some of the stuff that's going on out there. Um, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. We'll get uh, we'll get a hot take from him here in just a second. We'll do a test. We're about one minute out. Um, I guess it's time. We probably should bring him on over just to make sure that the audio is properly working. Let's get it. uh, Let's get it going on. Good morning, Mr. Hey, Mr. Good morning. How are you doing, my friend?
4: Hey, Nazi Shabby, I'm here in Indianapolis for the NRA annual meeting.
3: Oh, I guess some interesting stuff. I saw Jeff Knox posted something uh, earlier, like, we're going to give it one more shot here, is what he said, kind of thing. They're trying to bring some accountability, uh, especially after the Ackerman-McQueen lawsuit. I don't know if you saw that $12 million settlement with the NRA. Some interesting stuff going on, but uh, we could talk about that. Mm -hmm. Let's start off with that, and then we'll move on to some of the stuff that I want to talk about. How about that?
4: Yeah, sounds good.
3: All right, we're going to jump into it. Chris Chang is our guest. Chop uh top chop chop shot. Oh man, I today. What a day, man. Top chop. I know, top shot. Top chop. Iron chef. <laughs> Here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I talk for a living, and apparently today it's like a mouthful of marbles. Chop shot, top champion, Iron Chef. It's Chris Chang. Uh, he 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 joins us this morning to talk about uh, everything else. Good morning, my friend. How are you doing?
4: I'm doing great. Good morning to you as well.
3: Yeah, thanks for coming on board and joining us. He is not a uh, he is not an Iron Chef, but he is an Iron Sights Chef. He can do it can, with Iron Sights. He can he can really cook. Uh, All right, Uh, Chris uh, joins us. Of course, he is Top Shot champion season four of the History Channel Top Shot. He's also been the Go Big Show, the National Shooting Sports Foundation spokesperson, Uh, you know, one of the founders of the Asian American Pacific Gun Owners Association. I mean, just uh, he wears so many hats. He needs a bigger head. That's what's going on. Uh, He is in Indianapolis today. Because uh, he's getting ready for the NRA annual meeting, which uh, could have some interesting fireworks on there. Chris, tell us uh, why you're there and uh, what you expect to see uh, while you're down there.
4: Yeah, so yeah, you know, every year the National Rifle Association holds its annual meeting, and you know the main part of the gathering is for members, right, to come and elect new officers, you know, to the board of directors. Uh, obviously, debate and discuss business before the NRA. Uh, right, we are a member organization, you know, I think uh, something like five million members um, you know, at the NRA. And so, you know, in, in addition to meetings, there's also all the exhibitors. And so it's really great to see, you know, new products. And uh right, if you want them, you know, come come get product. Like, this is a, a great place to be.
3: Right. No, lots of good stuff. Um, and it's always exciting. I know a lot of my friends who have been uh Uh, movers and shakers in the nra uh, at the state level and things like that this is like they look forward to this this is the day that they go down there and they look forward to meeting with fellow gun lovers and to uh you know to take part and be part of uh, the largest uh, gun organization in the country uh you know a lot of things are kind of shaky and have been for the nra here recently um do you see any kind of discussion like that going on i know folks like um I know folks like uh, Jeff Knox and others uh, have been talking about trying to bring uh, Rob Pincus. They've been trying to bring some accountability to some of the things that the NRA's been doing because obviously there's been some screw ups. I mean, the state of New York is, you know, in the middle of a lawsuit with them and everything else for misuse of funds. They just it was just announced this week that they finally settled with their uh, PR firm Ackerman McQueen, uh, uh, legal and legal and PR firm. For a twelve million dollar settlement, for I mean, it's there's there's just all kinds of this stuff going on, which the average NRA member is like, "What is happening down there? Are these things going to come up? Do you think?"
4: Uh, and they, I think it's sort of this ever-present uh, you know, out over the head of the NRA, and you know, I, I I'm I'm a lifetime member of the NRA, um, you know, I I support the NRA. We need a strong NRA, uh, but yeah, these challenges are are definitely weighing us down, right? It's it's uh, it's definitely distracting. And I think there's uh, many members like me who just let's move past this, you know, right, as quickly right. as possible. To be frank, like I don't really care what that looks like, right? Like let's just resolve the problems so we can get back to serving the members, right? Protecting and defending the Second Amendment, and let's like let let's not get more distracted by some of this uh, this, this drama that's going on. But, well,
3: yeah. Uh, That's for sure. I mean, the drama is is obviously problematic, Um, you know, first and foremost, for the reason that the drama was able to actually percolate and the causes of it. But you're right. This this organization needs to focus on protecting our gun rights. Uh, And instead, it would be kind of, you know, in some ways it became kind of a good old boys club kind of where they were, you know, self-serving and everything else. Instead of serving the membership, it was almost like it was very self-serving. And, and, you know, I think many people have stated in one way or another, basically to paraphrase, we need to clean house. We need to clean up our own house and get it going on. Because like you, I mean, look, I'm an NRA supporter, always have been. That doesn't mean that I can't criticize what's going on and that we shouldn't always do a gut check to make sure that the organization is pointing in the direction that it needs to and focusing on the things that it needs to.
4: Exactly. And so, you know, the annual meeting, uh, you know, part of this weekend is, yeah. The- members can, you know, come and speak directly to NRA leadership, um, you know, put forward motions for for change. And, uh, you know, every annual meeting, I think, has a a little bit of fireworks. Yeah, I know Jeff Knox and and Rob Pincus are are definitely, um, you know, uh, proponents of changing up NRA leadership. Uh, We'll see how successful or or not successful, you know, they are this time around.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think overall, we're looking at a time in America where, uh, gun owners and people in the gun culture, for the first time in a long time, have the upper hand. I think, in a lot of ways, uh, the uh, you know the 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 brune the Brun decision, and the repercussions of that continue to ripple across the country. You know, we've seen decisions now out of federal courts that the executive orders of people like Trump, and Biden. Uh, have both been deemed to be extra constitutional, and that's slowing them down there. And we just discussed this article. I don't know if you follow uh, B.J. Campbell over at Hand-Waving Freak Outery. Um, He's a great one. Yeah, a, he, he has I've been,
4: excellent write-ups.
3: I've been trying to get a hold of that guy. for. I want him on the program. I've been trying to get a hold of him forever. So if you've got a hookup, let me know. But I will. He just wrote this article talking about the lament from uh, a writer at the New Republic saying the war on guns is lost. And I'm thinking, yeah, you guys have done it to yourself. I mean, you shut down the country. You tell us that you can't trust the police cuz they're racist, tell us to defund the police, you tell us all these other things, you set up the autonomous zones, you do all these things and you're shocked, shocked I tell you, when people go out and buy guns because they're afraid, they need to protect themselves. And but I think we this is this is probably as much as any time in my lifetime, maybe when I was a, a, a late in my late teens, we may have had the uh, the same kind of upper hand. But I think we're actually further ahead now than we ever have been. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't stop the full court press on protecting our gun rights.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, while at, at the federal level with the Bruin decision, you know, definitely strengthened the Second Amendment. However, you know, gun control advocates are taking the fight to the state level. I mean, on the state level this is where they're actually making uh, a lot of progress. And, and th- this is a progress in states that used to be pretty pro-gun states like Colorado. in in washington and oregon state and we're seeing some of the second amendment under attack in those state houses so you're you're definitely right we can't rest on our laurels and the uh the gun control side you know while they definitely know that they're, they're they're pretty wounded here right with the bruin decision it has also galvanized many of them right and they are putting in more energy more money more time to try and undo the You know the the effects of the Bruin decision, right? So we're, uh, yeah. I mean, we we definitely uh, gun rights activists. We have the upper hand uh, at the moment, and I think like in any competition, we can't let our guard down, right? We can't let off the gas, right? This is this is far from over, and and to be frank, like it's never going to be over, right? right? If if we if we ever reach, you know, attain all of our goals, I mean, the beauty beautiful thing about democracy is that. Things can be undone and changed, right? And that can be a good thing and a bad thing, depending on right exactly what we're talking about. Um, so you know that that, but that's that's you know the uh, the the imperfect uh, beauty of right. our country. So yeah, everyone still needs to pay attention to what's happening to gun rights in our country.
3: I think, and I think you're right. I think you know the national stage is set. We've got again the upper hand there, but they've gotten smarter. We're seeing a lot of you know, ballot initiatives and things like that that don't necessarily go through the legislative process to be vetted. Uh, You know, it's usually a simple one sentence question. Do you want us to change this? And then they put it to a vote of the people, which, again, I'm not against ballot measures, but a lot of times they are not properly vetted for the unintended consequences of them. Uh, And you're seeing millions of dollars being poured into some of these states by outside groups to support ballot measures on gun control, safe storage, Universal background checks, magazine capacity bans and all those things. And while we may have the upper hand, we also have people and figures in government who have the full force and weight of government behind them with the ability to uh, to put laws into place that they know are going to be challenged and struck down. But it's us, the American citizen, who are going to pay the bill on both sides because we have to fight it. We have to fight against the government who's got the deep pocket using our tax dollars to fight it. And that's that's kind of the big screw you from a lot of these people is, oh, we know it's illegal. We'll just put it in. And then you have to go spend one hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, a million dollars to try and fight it out.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's uh, we'll see what what happens here as we continue down this pathway of. You know debating what the second amendment means in today's time and uh you know see how people react and it's up that you know I, I look at it as my personal responsibility to continue to advocate for our second amendment rights and make sure that people are thinking about this and that it's really important especially when it comes to public safety and our own personal protection and personal safety for those that we that we love and care for
3: Uh, Chris Chang is our guest Uh, Chris we're running out of time real quick what are you doing what else are you looking forward to beyond the NRA meeting
4: well um, I guess I'm I'm so focused on the NRA meeting um, because it's it's just one of the most fun events you know for for me for the year and I will say you know I got here two days ago and it it feels great to be here and it, it feels great to be here in person Seeing my colleagues, seeing my friends. COVID is thankfully very, very much over. Last year's annual meeting, it definitely felt like ooh, you know, a little bit of COVID hangover. Right, right. right. Um and, and it just it felt a little off. Um, but this year, it, yeah, it, the, the the show has been wonderful well, so far and we're looking forward to a great weekend.
3: You're gonna have to give us an update on this here in uh in in uh, when we get back next month. All right, hold the line. Folks, we're out of time for this segment. We got more coming up. Willie Waffle is dead ahead. It is the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio.
0: Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and Uh,
3: Chris, I uh, just wanted to give you a final bite at the apple here. Uh, anything? Uh, what, what specifically are you, what's your most favorite part of the NRA meetings when you get a chance to go to? I've never been to one, and I probably should it's a tax write off. I mean, I could do it for the show, right? I could come down there and broadcast.
4: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you should you should absolutely make it to uh, one of the annual meetings, um, you know, and that rotates around next year is going to be in Dallas, I believe. Um, and you're right, we're in Indianapolis this year. And so, you know, for me, like, to be frank, like, the best part about the annual meeting for me is the people. And I know the obvious answer is supposed to be the guns, and don't right, get me wrong, right. I mean, seeing the guns and yeah. and and all the product is great. But I, I think especially you know we have so many you know relationships with people uh, over social media, and obviously you know you know radio and and whatnot. But then to actually see people live in the flesh, right? You get to build you know build rapport and connect with people in a way that technology will, will never right. be able to provide. Yeah. So pressing, and, the, and,
3: pressing the flesh, breaking bread together, doing that kind of stuff. I mean, that's, I mean, when I went to SHOT Show, uh, geez, it's been 15 years since I've been to SHOT Show, but when I went to SHOT Show, that was my big thing, getting to meet the people and sit down and talk, have dinner with them. It was, uh, it was an amazing time.
4: Yeah, and you find these these uh, just serendipitous moments, right? Where I was at a, a dinner last night, and a gentleman sits down to my right, and we start talking, and he owns Fostech, and I was thinking to myself, Fostech, Fostech, I know that brand, and so I like, I went to my YouTube channel, and I you know, brought up this Fostech video where it's a, I have a thirty round, twelve gauge shotgun drum, right, and hooking it up right to this Fostech twelve uh, semi-auto shotgun. And it's a magazine or um, a drum fed uh, you know, 12 gauge shotgun. And I'm it ripped off 30 12 gauge rounds in less than seven seconds. Yeah, and I got to show right the uh, the owner of FosTech this video and he loved it. I mean, it was, it was just like really fun just yeah. to um, run into him and, and meet him and, and get to know him and, and his team better.
3: I love it, I love it. I uh, you know, and so, like I said, one of these days, maybe next year. I might do Shot Show, or maybe I'll do the NRA uh, meeting or something, but something fun like that for Firearms Friday—that would be a—that'd be a great opportunity. Shot, SHOT Show is always good because it's in Vegas. I mean, who doesn't like to, yeah. to Vegas every now and then?
4: <laughs> exactly.
3: All right. Um, anything else you're working on beyond Shot Show you want to tease us with, or what's your what's the next steps going out?
4: Yeah, you know, APA GOA, which is the Asian Pacific American Gun Owners Association group that I co-founded, you know, we're continuing to build out our membership base across the country. Um, We have a uh, a training uh, event with a a very notable uh, gun celebrity trainer uh, coming up in August, which is National Shooting Sports Month. So, you know, August, uh, and and the location is going to be Florida. So, yeah, I'll be, uh, we're. We're finalizing details, uh, you know, when those are finalized, I'll definitely be uh, promoting the event to get people to uh, buy tickets and, and come, come get trained.
3: August is National Shooting Sports Month. Of course it is. That's my birthday month. So, of course there it is. We go. Of course it is. So, All right. Well, Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, my friend, thank you so much. Uh, let's get an after-action report next month when we come back and we'll, we'll talk about what
4: happened here. Huh? Sounds great. See thank you, me, my friend.
3: Uh, say hi to everybody for me, will you? Will
4: we'll, do. We'll, we'll see Take you later.
3: Care. Thanks so much Bye-bye. for coming on board. I appreciate it, uh, Chris Chang, our guest here uh, on the Michael Duke Show. Getting ready to uh, getting ready to jump back into it. Here we got Willie Waffle coming up in just a minute. That would be fun. I, I think I I need to explore that. I did that one year. I went down to Shot Show, and I broadcast live uh, from uh, down. I didn't go to Radio Row. Um, I broadcast live. Um, um in the evenings because that was when my show was in the evening um from uh, from vegas though and recapped everything that i'd done i did some interviews out on the floor and played some of those and things like that it would be um i think that would be a fun thing to do i need to go back. i need to go back down there to shot show and just uh have a just have a have a broadcast from down there. this time we'll go to radio row we'll do it from radio row down there that would be a fun fun opportunity so um uh i'm just here for willy waffle well some people are that's what it's all about every now and then every now and then says brian uh chris is looking a lot happier yeah no i mean chris uh, i think it was a little stressful and he's now as excited again he's like a kid in a candy store he gets to uh he gets to go down there and do that do both oh man I'd love to. This is my busiest time of year, though, unfortunately. I, I would have a hard time. We'll have to see when the next NRA annual meeting is. But I always have a hard time in March, April, and May. Those are my busiest months. Well, March, April, May, and then uh, uh, September, October, and November. Those are my three, those are my two big times a year where I'm just super busy, super busy. So it is what it is. All right, uh phone uh is uh, gonna ring here any second. So we're going to talk with Willie Waffle here as soon as he dials in. We're about 20 seconds out <clears throat> and we're going to jump into this. I should change my uh I should change my official background color here to the Willie color. Hey, look at that orange. It's beautiful. All right, uh phone is now buzzing. Let's get to it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and follow. Let's get to it. Okay. All right. Now I'm ready. I'm ready. I was going to say something, but I couldn't. Uh, welcome back. Uh, the Michael Luke Show. Willie Waffle is with us. It's the weekend. We're ready to go. Let's not dally. Let's get into it. We've got lots of news to cover today. Entertainment news, movies, and streams. That's what we do. Uh, let's get started. Hello, my friend. How are you?
1: I'm feeling good. I'm feeling fine. You know, I, I don't know if you heard the news, but it's been super hot in New York and, uh, you know, I feel like we missed spring. We jumped right into summer, and I hate that.
3: Oh, man. Well, it's okay. We're on third winter here. It's still snowing. (laughs) It's fine. You don't do second winters here. We do third winters.
1: Uh, Well, and can I just say, the greatest story that I've seen in the last week came out of alaska yeah when the moose walked into the hospital that to me was awesome yeah that's just
3: that's just a few blocks away from me and i'm like wow look at that uh they've been really hungry i got a moose that's been hanging around around my house sleeping on my porch so it's like it's just oh no
1: it's
3: just one of those things all right well let's uh let's get into it what do i start with we're nerds so let's start with star wars uh new stuff oh
1: yes Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars. There was lots of Star Wars news, man. I think the biggest news, the news that uh, people are I think a lot of people wanted to hear. Ray is coming back to the Star Wars universe. Ray, da- yes. Daisy Ridley, she's she's getting her own deal, huh? Yeah, she's getting her own deal. They revealed there's gonna be a new Star Wars movie. It's gonna be set fifteen years after the rise of Skywalker. And yes, our 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 Ray Skywalker is going to be now a Jedi Master trying to rebuild the Jedi Order. And what that is code for is to make a new franchise of movies with new <laughs> characters so we can make billions and billions of dollars on top of the billions and billions we already
3: have. I know. Well, see, We're now we're in new territory. So now they don't have to hold the canon for much else,
1: and now they can just make stuff up as they go along. That's right, and that's what they want. Let's be honest, you know. Hey, we're, we don't we don't have to worry about dumb Mark Hamill. Ah, eh, yeah, maybe we will let him have like a
4: little cameo or something. But you yeah. know,
1: yeah, and, and yeah, we don't have to worry about all the other people. We just want to ride our show pony, right? And uh, it's it's Daisy Ridley, and you know what? I think these movies are going to be good. No, I really do. That'll be fun. I really do. Yeah, and there was a bunch of other stuff that, that's coming along, too. I mean, you know, um, we found out that uh, th- they're going to do another movie that's almost like a look back in the Star Wars universe that's going to be looking at uh, a movie that will take place around the New Republic area era, which is kind of what's happening with The Mandalorian. Oh, I don't at. know if they're going to cross paths or not. Uh, we found out that Rosario Dawson, her new Ahsoka series, is going to premiere in August on that, Disney+. Yeah, Plus.
3: that's what I'm waiting for. Yep. I'm waiting for that. That's a great story. I can't wait to see more about that.
1: Oh, I think that's going to be really cool. And, and uh, well, I can't tell you because you haven't seen it. I will... People who know what I'm talking about know that the seeds have been planted in a recent series. <laughs> well,
3: I know that uh, Ahsoka appeared in the last <laughs> season of Mandalorian so I expect her to pop back in this one. Uh,
1: but they're also doing <laughs> the, what? Andor and some other stuff? Yeah, so you got a, a season 2 of Andor which might be the, the the last season. Uh you know, that's coming out next August August 2024 and uh, you know, the thing that was really interesting there there've been a couple of projects which Seem to have gone away, that seem to have just kind of disappeared, that they made a point of uh, letting everybody know that th- those projects are not gone yet. And one was the Take- Taiki Watiti movie that he's been writing for, I don't know, five years, three years? How yeah. long has it been? It's yeah. been a long time. And, and and matter of fact, they said the reason it's taken a long time is because you know, he wants to write it himself, and it's taking a while. And all I could hear was, we wanted to get a co-writer. We wanted somebody to help him out. He refused. We, so now we're waiting for him to get it done. Right, yeah, so right. That's what I heard. You know, and the, and the thing that I'm excited about, I don't, I still don't believe it's going to happen. But they said that uh, they are still developing a Lando Calrissian story with Donald Glover reprising his role of Lando Calrissian, that's a young better. Lando.
3: That would be interesting. I mean, you know, it, 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 that would be interesting. Let's just put it that way. That would be an interesting series. But uh, Taiki Watiti is a genius when it comes to directing yes. and everything else. So I can't wait to see anything that he does I've liked pretty much. So I'm ready to, uh, uh, and for those of you who don't know, he's, uh, he's done what we do in the shadows. He's done several episodes of The Mandalorian and, of course, uh, Ragnarok. He was the director well. of Ragnarok.
1: And and I will throw out there also Jojo Rabbit, which yep, maybe one of the his... best movies you'll ever see. Yeah, that one was... of the best things you'll ever see. That really made his he made
3: his bones with that movie for sure. So yeah. All right, well, some good Star Wars stuff for us. Uh what else we get? Uh Stranger Things, uh eleven. <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown, eleven, is uh is getting hitched. Now you wouldn't think that. You watch the movie, you're like, She's twelve. No, she's not. She's okay. She's uh 19 or 20. I mean, she's right in there, and she's getting she's getting married to some rock and roll royalty here.
1: Yeah, this is this is a story that just makes me think she is gonna be this generation's Elizabeth Taylor. Yes, 19-year-old Millie Bobby Brown is getting hitched to John Bon Jovi's son, Jake. Oh, yes, and in true modern fashion, my friends. They announced it via Instagram, where she posted a picture of him and her professing her love and how they've had three summers together and now they're going to spend the rest of their summers together forever and she showed that big rock of a ring that she's wearing let me tell you i didn't realize it but uh now i know where all the money went when we bought slippery When wet a few years ago <laughs> in our youths okay big money huh yeah. big money yeah that thing could choke godzilla
3: baby Man. All right. Well, that's good. Good for her. I hope she finds that. You know, it's so rare to see these things last in Hollywood. Uh, well, in many parts, but in Hollywood, it's under the microscope. So I wish her the best. And I hope she I hope she gets a chance to uh, to enjoy that and explore that and uh, and and have all those summers that she wants. That's a good thing. I just wanted to come back. Will and do they? More, I just wanted to come back and do more Stranger Things. So
1: well yeah you know stranger things they've got the one more season to go right and uh you know she's been doing okay with the uh with the enola holmes uh series but uh you know i, I you know 50 50 they actually get to the altar what do you think what do you think yeah i mean it could be at this
3: point I mean, who knows? <laughs> it's hollywood man it's hollywood uh yeah, um,
1: and they're 19 and 20 years old yeah well
3: yeah. my wife and i got married when we were 19 and 20 well that's mar- true been married for 30 it, it, 32 years. 32 coming all up right. on 33 all years. Right. So it it, it it can happen. It can happen. Uh, all right. So you've you've shown me to be more optimistic than I have been yeah, now. You know, okay. not everybody is us. That's what I'm saying right here. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, la- I think last big good one here. The Family Stallone premieres oh God, on yeah. May the 17th. It's a reality show, apparently. It's with yep, Sylvester it's Stallone show. and his wife and his daughters. Yeah, and-
1: well. Yeah, yeah, his his model wife and his model actress wannabe daughters, and uh, yes, they are going to be in a reality program on Paramount Plus starting <laughs> May seventeenth. And um, you know, the thing that got me, the thing that made me, well, I'm not I'm not going to lie, it darkened my soul. In the trailer, they re- they reveal that um, Al Pacino shows up in the reality show. Al Pacino in a reality show. Al Pacino. I want 1972 Godfather Al Pacino to come back through time, find (laughs) modern day Al Pacino and punch him in the face. Say hello to my little friend. (laughs) That would be perfect. I just, you know, like, dude, like, what are you doing? Don't yeah. you know what we are? Don't you remember how we we held to our values <laughs> oh. in the seventies? It was about the art. Now you're doing some
0: stinking reality
3: show. <laughs> well, and I gotta wonder if Stallone pulled this reality show as part of his deal doing Tulsa King. Tulsa King is amazing, by the way. Tulsa King is a great show on oh, yeah. Paramount Plus. But you gotta wonder because this... it's also on Paramount Plus. Did he? You know, was this some kind of side deal
1: that he? Were... And his daughter's mm-hmm. in Tulsa King too. So. Uh, yeah, no doubt in my mind, yeah. no doubt in my mind, you know, and, and and no doubt in my mind, it was his daughters who were convincing him, you know, we could have a show just like the Cardassians, dad, it would really help our career, dad, this is what you can do for us, dad, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh-huh,
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay, I mean, I don't know if I'll watch it, but interestingly enough, real quick, last time, streaming service, HBO Max, going away, bye-bye, merging with discovery plus being called a new service is going to be called max i got the notification the other day but they weren't real clear if it if i'm still going to have to have discovery plus if i have max and vice versa it's a little confusing
1: all right so here's here's what i've gotten from this that um according to warner brothers slash discovery hbo max subscribers will quote unquote. Seamlessly transition into Max right. on May 23rd when it premieres right. uh, But you'll also have like this new Two part sign in process and you know Probably have to give up some information you know Yada 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 now Disney plus they uh, during during The press conference that was one of the things that was talked about You know are you taking everything from Disney Plus is Disney plus totally going to Become part of Max the answer is No discovery that Plus. they will discovery they, Plus no, right Disney or plus. discovery yeah. plus sorry yeah, Discovery Plus is still going to exist and, and they want to keep it alive because of its price point. Um, you know, given given it's like, what, $6.99? They said they have a lot of subscribers. They know that a lot of those subscribers are not going to a higher subscription service, that, you know, they want to honor that. They still will have a lot of programming on Dis- on Discovery Plus and they will be contributing some of it to Max. So the answer is kind of like, You know, if you're a big fan of Discovery Plus, you're going to keep it.
3: Yeah, that's my problem. I have both HBO Max and Discovery Plus, and I was hoping that I could just go to Max and get everything I wanted. But no, they're going to they're going to jab you for both probably when it's all said and done. Yeah.
1: They are. And 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 all the announcements about Max, I mean, they, they announced a couple of discovery things with like Joanna Gaines uh, was going to be starting up there. Uh, you know, they're going to they have that new Barbie Dreamhouse uh, reality show competition show uh, to help promote the Barbie movie. That's going to be uh, a, a Max thing. Plus, I think it's going to be on HGTV. But um, all the stuff that they're really promoting is screaming, you know, HBO Max, if you will. Right. right. Uh, they, they confirmed the Harry Potter series that we talked about last week. It's going to happen. Uh, they announced that they're working on a spin-off of The Big Bang Theory. And they're going to do a TV series based on The Conjuring movies. Oh,
3: okay. Well, my wife will be yeah. excited about that, so that'll be good. All right, well, we'll see yeah. how that plays out.
1: That's supposed to be coming in June, right? Yeah, though, so May 23rd yeah. is the big day. All right. The big, the big day. And that is also going to be the day they roll out their new Gremlins series. Oh. So they're okay. trying to entice you to come in for that.
3: Okay. Uh, we're down to just a couple minutes here. I don't have a whole lot. Um, I definitely want to get to Renfield. Give me one of the other ones here before we jump out. You know, the
1: other one I'll give you, because you know, cause at least it's something you might want to check out. Florida Man on Netflix. Uh, it is a series. It's kind of a comedy detective mystery, a film noir in a TV uh, TV kind of a setting. Edgar Ramirez, this disgraced cop, he, he owes a ton of money to a gangster in Philadelphia, and uh, his only way out is to go down to Florida and retrieve the gangster's runaway girlfriend. And once he gets down there, Well dude he's got to deal with all of his family That's down there all the history That's down there he's got to find the Girlfriend and he stumbles Across a very very big mystery And he's not going to be Able to resist (laughs) you know and, and, you know, it, it, you know, it's 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 pretty entertaining. I mean, I think it could be a lot funnier. I, I think that, you know, it was billed more as a comedy. And, and from what I've been watching, it's leaning more into the mystery. Okay. And it, it's almost like it's almost like Ozark. If you like Ozark, like I feel like that's where it really fits. Maybe not as serious as that. But you know the same kind of feeling, the same kind of, the same kind of uh, vibe. I'm at like two to two and a half waffles. All I right. want to see if it gets really, really good.
3: All right, so Florida Man, Netflix, go check it out right now. And now we get to Renfield, which is the new movie Nicholas Holt and of course Nicholas Cage. It looks hysterical. You just you just got a chance to see it last night. Give me your thoughts.
1: I am so brokenhearted right now. Oh. What was the movie that we were promised? The movie we were promised is that Renfield wants to kind of get out of this codependent relationship he has with Dracula. He wants to spread his wings and, and and kind of live his own life, but he's still drawn in by the King of Darkness. And that's where the best stuff happens. That's where the comedy happens. You know, he's going to his group therapy sessions. He's trying to talk about things in a way that, you know, doesn't make it obvious he's working for dracula you know i you know we nicholas cage nicholas cage is absolutely marvelous and hysterical and perfect in this role because he's so over the top and so crazy and so funny and yet he also brings the darkness and the evil and and the danger that he needs for some of the darker parts of the movie and then they throw all that away and it becomes about renfield somehow gets involved with this cop who's investigating a crime lord and uh you know it's like wait 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 a minute uh, like, what happened to the movie i was promised oh no all right well we're almost out of time
3: negative one to four waffles on renfield one waffle oh, i'm really oh, disappointed oh, man. oh my wife is going to be so disappointed all right well we'll have to see how that uh We'll have to see how the public takes it. It'll be interesting to see when the regular public, not the movie critics, get a chance to see it. Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you coming in. We will uh, check you next week.
1: Next week, we're going to talk about The Covenant. The Covenant.
3: Okay, I'm excited about that. Uh, Folks, we're out of time. We'll see you on Monday. I hope you have a great weekend. See you then. Enjoy. All right, so break this down for me because, damn, every new trailer I watched just made it look better and better.
1: Because and- they showed you all the good stuff. They showed you all the things that we wanted this movie to be, and and it's almost like it's almost like the the screenwriters just ran out of material. They couldn't think of anything to keep that story going. They couldn't think of anything to keep those characters moving forward. And all of a sudden, it's it's just this this boring, rote, you know crime drama you know oh the cop is, is trying to take down the gang that killed her father and you know all the twists and turns you could see from a mile away what what are we doing here what are we doing here that's disappointing
3: um because again i just i thought it looked more like a dark comedy than anything else and although i mean i'm sure we could have the action and the mystery and the twist and everything else and and you saw that there was a hookup between uh nicholas holt and the cop i was just like Okay, maybe she was gonna try and help get him away from Dracula and everything, but
1: Exactly yeah. Something that would be much more interesting. You know, or maybe he runs away from home. You know, <laughs> you know, just give me something interesting. Oh man. Uh, I, I'm really i i this one hurts because I'm telling you, Nicholas Cage is fantastic. That's... He, he is just the right guy. He just he understands the camp value of this thing and goes for it. You know, I mean, God, did I, didn't I did I read this week that, like, he even had his teeth shaved down to look more fang-like just uh, for the role? Oh, I don't know. Did he? Yeah. If so, yes, method. Yes, he did. He method. did. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, right. Him and De Niro.
0: Him oh, and De Niro.
3: That's right. Okay. That's, maybe he'll show up in the Stallone uh, uh,
1: reality show. Um, oh, God, please, <laughs> please don't put that dagger through my I, heart. I know. It's I know. bad enough it's bad enough. To um to this
3: back. week what did I finish? Um I guess last week I talked about I finished the new uh Star Trek uh Strange Worlds. I also finished The Night Agent. Excellent. Excellent show, The Night Agent. I finished it. Yeah. And I started watching The Recruit which is Ooh. funny. Oh man, it's so funny. Uh but also action-packed and just a twister and turner. Uh you should go watch that. It's on Netflix as well, The Recruit. Um about a young CIA lawyer uh, in a cutthroat world. It's very, very cool. Um, that's it. That's all I got for you, my friend.
1: Hey, you know me, man. Mandalorian's got two more episodes, and so does, so does Star Trek Picard. I, I and see. Then what am I gonna do? I know Then I, what am I, I gonna do? <laughs> I keep, I keep seeing
3: teasers. I'm in, I'm in a few Star Trek groups, uh, just in passing, and I don't go, ever get into the articles, but I see some of the teasers that are in some of these articles, and it looks like Picard is really going over the top on some of this stuff like really delivering on some of this good star trek oh, universe oh my stuff. god
1: it really it really has been one of the best episodes of the next generation that we've ever seen and i call it the next generation because that's really what it is okay right, right. like you know you know they, they brought the whole gang back together you know just it, it's you know whatever it is 20 30 years later um you know i i just uh, i i i'm telling you just the service to the fans with all the little Easter eggs and all the little callbacks have been amazing. It's a really cool, interesting mystery. Uh, it's been full of tons of action. I, I, and I hate to say it, it really does feel like they're setting us up for another series. Um, yeah. Well, so I mean, see how it goes again,
3: uh, Paramount wants to milk that as much as they can. I mean, why not? Uh, What have they got? Like three, is there three or four Star Wars or Star Trek TV shows going on right now? I mean it's just like never ending. Might as
1: well throw in another one. Might as well throw another one in in the
3: wash. Marvel showed us the way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and I think the fandom likes it. So that's I think that's the good good way to do it as well. All right, my friend. Well, thanks for coming on board. We will see you next week. All right, I'll be there. All right, for reals, I'm out of time, folks. I hope you have a great day. We will see you on Monday.